Welcome to Still Talking Uncut. I'm your host, Big Easy, joined by my co-host, Sean Rigsby. If you had five minutes in the bowl, you won. Uh, but I had 10. I lost out on this time. But welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the show. Special guest, my man, Pappy G in the house. Welcome to the show, brother. Howdy. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. But is it, though? Is it more of an honor or a pleasure? Or a... I'm, I like to say it, uh, I'm more honored <laughs> than anything. Hey. I like to hear what people's got to say. And Me too. He's a, I'm sure people. somebody's going to ask him about that video that I posted the other day. Oh, the one where he's pissing on Rick Still? No, he wasn't pissing on Rick Still. He was pissing on my Still. <laughs> That's even better. I thought it was Rick's. That's even better. Well, Rick built it, but. But yeah. it was yours? Uh-huh. Nice. That's even better. That's awesome. Uh. So you weren't around the year before that when uh, – we were all having issues with a specific steel builder. Not oh yeah, the one you're thinking, not the one you're thinking about. Uh, and uh, I went to the car and printed out his photo and oh. actually put it on Rick Steels and uh, did the water <laughs> bottle, the, the pissing scene. You know, several of us actually got in line and and peed on the steel. I mean, I'd have been in line to piss on Sean still myself. So, <laughs> yeah, probably improve the flavor of things, but you know, yeah. you can only do so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, we always start before we get into this, uh, busting Sean's balls more than we already are. Um, Sean, what you drinking on? <laughs> well, if I had, if I had somewhere to dump this shit, this is, that's what I'd be doing. But until then, <laughs> sorry, man. You must have got the memo, Sean. There we go. There we so, go. Hey, my my jar's signed. I don't know about yours, but uh, damn it, I tried to pull that card. It didn't work. Well, I mean, if you remember correctly, I believe we were standing there at the same time when we both got. We them. were, we were. But you know, like if I was him, I wouldn't have signed your bottle. It's just out of Sean's spite. But uh, so, yeah, uh, happy talk about this. Tell us a little bit about how uh, how this came to be and where it, uh, what distillery it was, you know, ran through and all that fancy stuff. Well, that's uh, the Pop Casey's only nine green moonshine that we're aware of being distilled in the world. Um, that was a recipe that I came up with myself. Um, Pop Casey was my grandfather. We kind of tell this story a little bit on the back of the bottle there. Uh, Pop was a moonshiner from way back during the prohibition years. Um, supplied a lot of liquor to, uh, folks up in Newport, Kentucky when the mob was running the government up there. That's real close to us. And I wanted to get into moonshining. And when I had a chance to do a legal run, I decided I was going to dedicate it to Pop because if it wasn't for Pop, I wouldn't be doing what I do. So we, uh, I was offered the opportunity by Royce Neely at uh, Neely Distillery to uh, come in and do a run. 
Uh, Royce was the only one who actually approached me and I didn't have to tell him what I wanted. He already knew what I wanted and how I wanted to do it, that I would come in and basically do it myself. And that's the way it had to be. I wouldn't do it for anybody else. I wouldn't let anybody else run it and put my name yeah. on it. So uh, we made kind of a family affair of it. And I took the week off and wife and I made a few trips over and actually took my son with me and we all had a little part of uh, adding ingredients and stuff to mash in there on the first day and it was pretty phenomenal when you're used to mashing in a 50 gallon drum and you switch over to a 600 gallon cooker uh, it's it's a big change yeah it's next um, level <laughs> yeah I'm uh, not going to lie, I was pretty nervous. Uh, I did the math for three days over and over in my head and on paper to make sure that I thought I had everything right and I wanted it to come out right. And we got through, uh, we had a few people come through on tour while we were cooking it. And a couple of people thought, well, it kind of smells kind of weird. And, of course, that got in my head, and I'm like, man, here we go. But uh, when we finally run it out into the Cypress fermenter, we just took a copper cup and dipped some of the uh, the cooked mash out, and it tastes just like a hot oatmeal cookie. Nice. And uh, I knew then we had made something special, and... We, we let it uh, work off for a full week. And then Royce had kept telling me, he said, I want to double distill this. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't double distill. I don't do all that crazy shit. <laughs> and he's like, and finally, when it comes time, he's like, I want to double distill it. I think it'll help. And I was like, you know what? I said, you got all these goddamn awards everywhere, all these gold awards and shit for stuff you've done. I'm going to give you the opportunity to show me what you know. I'm going to take your word for it. So he ran it off and ran it down way down into the tails. Mm -hmm. I'm talking like 20 proof. Oh, the yeah. tails. Uh -oh. Sweet water. For all the volume, yeah. 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 <clears throat> and we let it set for 24 hours and I came back the next morning and I opened it and I stuck my finger in it and he's like, you probably don't want it. And it was too late. I had done tasted it. <laughs> and I was like, Oh Spit my God. Out. No, oh, no, like even <clears throat> eat black, nasty. You can see the oils and stuff in it, but mm -hmm. the flavor, I was like, Oh my God. And then the, he had a change of heart. We were going to run it through a stainless unit and uh, he said, let's run it through Old Brownie, which is their big copper still, nice. which suited me just fine. I was hoping <laughs> that's what we would do because yeah. I wanted to make sure we got it through all the copper. And, of course, in, it was interesting. Um, you get that big bitch running, man. It's hard to control. And I kept telling him, I said, you got to cut it back. You got to cut it back. It's running too hard. 
And of course, it was like 110 degrees that day outside. <laughs> so we were really having trouble. It got to like 80 degrees at the worm, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, it's going to be too damn hot for anything. But we just barely had the steel running, and it was still pouring hard. But luckily, it turned out pretty good. I thought. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I haven't had anybody really complain about it except for Sean, and he don't count. Yeah, we, we don't listen to what Sean's got to say. He's a piece of shit. So we just ignore him. And All I'm going to say is so. when, 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 I, when I drink your liquor, George, well, when I, when I put your liquor up to my lips, <laughs> I, this is going to be taken out of context, but I swallow it too. Yeah, it's, I heard that was your thing. It don't get, you know. <laughs> you walked into that one. I'll be you, you'll be getting beat up about that all night. But I guess you're used to it. So, <laughs> so no, you started talking about. I, I, I think I know what Sean's alluding to, and that was an <laughs> incident in Maggie Valley that uh, was crazy Chuck, and Chuck had never tasted anything I made. So I, I give Chuck a I give Chuck a drink and he spits it out on the ground and looks at me and he says, That's the worst taste of shit I've ever put in my mouth. He's like how the fuck and he's looking at me and I'm getting ready to deck him. I'm pissed. <laughs> and he's like, how the fuck did you get on TV making some kind of shit like this? And I'm like Chuck, I ain't been on TV in my life. He's like, you weren't on Master Distiller? I'm like, no. Oh, well, give me a real drink of that then. Come to find out, Donnie Benton had put him up to it. <laughs> I didn't find out that until much later on. It was probably a year afterwards. He finally admitted that him and Donnie had schemed that whole thing. But I'm I'm serious. I was ready to deck the guy. I'm like, you know, this guy's rude as fuck. And, <laughs> like, well, you know, he ain't he really ain't nobody to me. And, I don't care. You know, I mean, I don't I care who upset. he is. You know, I don't care who you are. You could be the president of the United States, man. You spit my at least spit it out when I turn away. You spit out in front of yeah. me, man. We might I might have to sock you. Like, I don't give a shit who you are. <laughs> have a yeah. little respect, you yeah. know, like Hey, at least treat it like it's the old lady made you dinner and it's terrible, but you still choke it down and smile because you're in front of them. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, ah, that's not for me. You know, and Steve Porter, you guys had him on mm -hmm. a while back. And Steve said it best. He said, nobody will look you in the eye and tell you your liquor sucks. Mm -hmm. So yep. everybody's going to lie to you. The best but, feedback I you mean, can get just, is when people don't know it's your liquor. Like, hey, man, I've, I got some liquor. You want to try this? Yeah. If they don't know it's yours, that's when you can get honest, got feedback. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and thankfully, you know, after it was all over with, me and Chuck laugh about it. I love Chuck to death. Uh, he's a great guy. Him and Sean are some of the, you know, are two of the bestest buddies in the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I don't know. I don't know if you knew that or not, but who me? Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew. I knew from the, I knew from when. Hey, you know. 
We uh, that, that as far as I'm concerned, that's water under the bridge. We you know we, we talked when we were in Beattyville. I don't know if you, were you there, George? Yeah, were you there yeah. this past year? Okay, yeah, yeah. You know we talked. Yeah. So, but huh? and, you know we all make mistakes. And, you know, can you crush them and move on? That's what it's all about. So mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. I'm intrigued as to how you like. I know you said that uh, it was with Pop, and you got started. Like, um, what was what's the first thing that he taught you how to make? What kind of steel did you guys run? Um, at what age was well, you introduced into it? Well, that's the funny thing is um, Pop passed away when I was seven, so I didn't get any information at all from Pop. I knew what Pop had done because. My brothers and sisters would talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I tried to talk to my mom about it. and uh, My mother had helped him the whole time. You know, she was growing up off and on and stuff. And then she found religion. And mom was like, stop asking. It's the devil's work. I'm not going to tell you. Quit asking me about it. And, you know, I went on like that for years. And I finally, I was like, Okay, you know, she's not going to give me any information whatsoever. So if I'm going to do this, I'm going to start from scratch, and I'm just going to have to figure it out on my own. So I started doing research and did a lot of reading and a lot of experimenting. I built a little five-gallon pressure cooker still that I ran for probably six months, and uh, didn't realize, you know, probably shouldn't be using aluminum. Uh, that explains a lot. We, we all start somewhere, <laughs> you know. Don't listen to Sean. He burns himself. <laughs> well, and, you know, when I first got started, I, you know, I was pushing 180-proof liquor out. And I thought, you know, man, I am doing something here. I am on it. I mean, you you couldn't drink this shit. Yeah. As soon as it hits your lips, your teeth went numb. And, you know, I finally figured out, you know, probably ought to back off this a little bit and did a little more research and got to, uh, I decided to build a, a little bigger still. So I built, I bought a copper wash tub, an antique boiler pot. And I brought it home, and I spent almost a month cleaning out all the old lead solder, scraping it, sanding it, melting it, scraping it, sanding it, going back and forth. I used copper mesh to pull the solder out of the seams. I mean, I worked diligently, and I got it all back, and I thought, well, what am I going to do with the top? I thought, I'm going to do something that I've never seen before. I'm going to build a manifold. And this is kind of where me and Rick met. I decided I'm going to take three one-inch tubes and come up out of the top of this steel, and then I'm going to run them into a one-inch arm that runs across the top. I said, that should give me the initial volume of a three-inch cap coming down to a one-inch arm which should be fine for a 10-gallon unit. And that's what I did, and I ran that thing, man, for years and made a lot of good liquor on it. And 
um, I probably ran it for five or six years and decided again, well, you know, I need to go a little bit bigger. So I went and bought another copper boiler pot. Well, I bring this baby home and I didn't even look at it when I, I just, I picked it up, threw it in the car, bought it from a lady and I get home and I turn it over and it's got a note taste taped to the bottom of it where this thing was bought new in 1908 in Chicago at like the World's Fair or some shit. So here I am with, you know, this hundred year old, over a hundred year old antique and me being the guy I am, you know, I take the 10 snips and go to hacking on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought everybody around me was going to die when I told uh, them stories like you just cut up a hundred year old antique copper pot. And I'm like, well, it wasn't doing me any good the way it was. Still a hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still a hundred years old. So, uh, yeah, I took it and I fused it together with the uh, original and put the manifold back on top of it. And I decided, yeah, I said, well, now I, I probably need to run a little bigger worm because I was only running like a half inch with the first one. So I went out and I bought all this copper pipe, three quarter inch. And I decided, well, I can bend this and make me a worm. So I packed the first piece full of sand and everything and get it all ready to go. And of course, first thing you do is I kink the living shit out of it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm. Now what am I going to do? So then I got the idea. I said, well, I'll just go buy me a plumber's pack of copper elbows and I'll build a square worm. And I did. And that was an experience. <laughs> trying to get all the multiple angles and all that shit right. I've, I've seen but one the, in real life and... I was impressed by it. Like, I don't, you know, like, it's just, it's impressive. Like, holy shit. That's a lot. Yeah, it, it was. And I still use it today. I've, I've been tempted to go a little bit bigger uh, since I went to the 40 gallon steel, but I'm not having a problem with it. So, you know, why mess with success? Yeah. You know, at some point I may spend the money and go a little bigger and I may build a bigger square just because not everybody's got one. You don't see them. You right. know. Right. Uh, Alan Bishop went apeshit when he found out I was running a square worm. He's like, dude, there ain't nobody does that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I ain't nobody. I'm different. <laughs> I've met one person that uh, does that or, well, yeah, does that. And I actually wound up with it. Uh, but I've never used it, so it's just hanging. Oh, what, what'd you do with it? Well, I cut up part of it and used it for <laughs> jar lids. <laughs> the other half of it's still sitting out there, ain't it? <laughs> I, knew, I knew the answer to that. That's what made mm -hmm. it so much better. <laughs> it is what it well, is. There you go. There you them go. Them damn Yankees. I appreciate yep. shit. Yeah. So... You know, I ran the 10 gallon for several more years and then I, I run into, I got to, I thought, well, there's probably some folks doing this shit on Facebook. So I wound up on a site called the, called Home Distiller. 
mm -hmm. that Jason Franklin had started. So I got on there and acted like I didn't know shit from Shinoa. I was like, I just want to see what people are doing. I don't want to answer questions. I'm going to play the dummy. And I played the dummy for probably close to a year. And then the, the site was run. It was starting to come up pretty good. There was a lot of people, you know, checking on the page and stuff. So um, Jason added me uh, as an admin and uh, Steve Porter and uh, Steve Process. I'm still not so sure Steve knows how to run a steel, but uh, obviously Porter does. Mm -hmm. um, so then I got to talking to Porter about some of the stuff that he was doing. And that's when I met Jeff Edwards through mm -hmm. the website. And Jeff told me, he said, you need to come to Maggie Valley. And I'm like, well, I had thought about it. And Jeff kind of changed his tone a little bit. He said, now I'm telling you, you need to come to Maggie Valley. I'm like, eh, fuck. <laughs> so now I've been summoned to come to Maggie Valley and meet everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, great. I said, I'm going to go down here and I'm going to meet all these people. And, you know, my thing is, you know, they may, they may tell me my shit's terrible. I don't mm -hmm. know. I went to Maggie Valley and had a very good reception. Um, I kind of hung around with Jeff and his bunch, um, hung around with Gibson. That's when mm -hmm. me and him hooked up and became good friends was there in Maggie Valley. Um, and, you know, a few people tried it, liked it, but I still wasn't really sure I wanted to put it out, you know, for the masses. So I went back a couple of years later and I thought, you know, this is it. I've been accepted into the group. I said, now I'm going to put this to the test. I've come up with this recipe that I think is pretty damn good. I'm going to get the sign off of the man himself. If he kills me. So I went looking for JB Raider. And I found JB and he was with Mark. And I stood in line for about 20 minutes and let Finally, the line dwindled down and had a little break in the action. And I told Mark, I said, you don't know me from anybody. <clears throat> I said, but I, you know, I would like for you to try this. And, you know, deep down inside, I'm thinking, I really don't give a fuck what Mark thinks. I'm not worried about Mark Ramsey. I want to know what JB says. So Mark's smelling it and acting, you know, like the connoisseur. And, well, what's in this and that? And JB grabs it out of his hand and he looks at it and he smells it. He said, it's corn, you dumbass. So JB takes a shot of it. And he looks at me and he said, that's pretty good. He says, as a matter of fact, a lot of people you meet are going to tell you to try this and try that. Don't listen to them. He said, you're one of the few that's probably got this figured out. Stick with what you know. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, you know, this is, this is coming from the man. And uh, 
I thanked him and I turned to walk off and I get about three steps away around the corner of the tent and he grabs me by my shirt and he pulls me back over and he said, I mean it. Don't listen to anybody. Don't listen to anything they fucking tell you. Stick with what you know you're there. And to me, that was the ultimate. Um, I had one more goal, one more person that I wanted to let try it, and that was Pawpaw Murphy. Pawpaw's been around a long time. And Pawpaw gave me his seal of approval, and as they say, the rest is history. I don't fool with brandies. I don't play with the recipe anymore. I run one thing. I run it consistently. And, you know, that's it. Now, sometimes I think I would like to play with some other stuff. But then I think, you know, I'm, I'm, the old man told me. And I'm going to heed his word. And that's what got me to where I'm at. And, you know, if anybody asks me, I'll tell them straight up. I make the best whiskey in the world. And the reason I say that is not because I actually think that I do, but if I'm a firm believer that if you don't believe you're making the best whiskey in the world, you don't need to be making it, period. Plain and simple. That's a very you good point. It's not about, it's not about being big-headed <clears throat> or conceited. I think it's a matter of pride in, in what you do. If you can't go out and set that bottle down on the table in front of anybody and say this is some of the best whiskey that you're ever going to taste, then you're not there. Don't mean you, you need to quit. You know, you don't need to give up, but you're not there. And that's just, you know, that's long and short of it. I'm pretty blunt uh, Sean you weren't there this year but JB and I got to spend quite a bit of time together and of course several people wanted to come up and talk and chat and <laughs> a guy brought uh, JB a bottle over he said I want you to try this and before JB would try it he handed it to me to see what I was going to say and I took a swig of it and I was like mm. JB's like he took a drink. He said, that's way too fucking hot. He said, I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it wrong, boy. And that's just the way he said it, just point blank. I was like, damn. I mean, that's the way I'd want it, you know? <laughs> Talk uh, to me like yeah. it is. Yeah. The guy leaves, and he comes back with something that he's got mixed up. And he tells JB, he said, well, would you try this? And JB's like, I done told you your shit's too hot to drink. He said, mixing it ain't going to keep it, you know, that ain't going to help at all you're doing is trying to mask the flavor. Yep. It's yep. hot, hot. And I'm hoping that that guy left with a newfound respect. Um, you know, I'm also a firm believer, you know, if you don't think you're going to like the answer that I'm about to give you, don't ask the fucking question. Mm -hmm. And I tell people up front, I said, let's, you know, I'm going to give you an honest opinion. I'm not always 100% right, but I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Hey, you, so if you're going to ask my opinion, careful. then that's my opinion. I'm going to give you what I think. 
You know, you can't expect yeah. me to tell you what you want to know. I'm, I mean, that's why you're asking me for my opinion, you know? So yeah. be, be willing to accept the good or the bad, you know? And if it is bad, then be willing to be open-minded enough to learn, you know, ask the question, well, what can I do better? What do you think I did wrong? And I'm sure, you know, whoever you're talking to will gladly give their knowledge and their info and what they know to help you along because in the end, we're all helping each other. Exactly. And another fella came over, sit down and talk, was talking with me and JB for a long time. And one question right after the other, I mean, he's shooting them at us. And, you know, we kept, we answered all of his questions and talked to him and everything. And finally, Ride Daddy come over and sat down and Ride Daddy had actually sent this guy over to talk to me and JB. And he came over and he sat down and he patted him on the back and he asked him, did you get the answers you was looking for? He's like, yeah, I believe I did. He said, I told you when I sent your ass over here that you were going to talk to somebody who was going to shoot you straight and that you needed to listen to them. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's as great an honor as somebody taking a shot of my whiskey and saying, damn, that's good. Probably more so that they actually wanted to know, had legitimate questions, and were willing to learn, and they came to me and JB to ask us. I mean, I can understand going to JB. I mean, everybody knows JB Ryder. Not a whole lot of people know who I am. I guess, I, you know, I'm not famous. I've never been on TV. I will never be on TV, uh, at least not under the current circumstances anyway. Uh, I, I've seen too many people done wrong. And I, it just it ain't going to happen. But, you know, I, I feel like I've hit the top. And again, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I feel like I've hit the top of my game right now. I've got the recognition from people that matter. Um, I get some admiration from folks who are trying. And I'm all about, you know, I'll help anybody do anything. And if, you know, if they're willing to learn and, you know, they think enough of me to ask, you know, I'm definitely going to try to help them. I am kind of in a pickle right now because um, Royce has really hit the big league with his bourbons. Um, he's one of the bourbon elites, and I praise him for it. You know, the... the the young man has come a long way in a short time and he's paid his dues. He's done it, done the work and he's made it. And unfortunately, along with that, some things have got to be curtailed to be able to chase this bourbon empire that he's trying to build. And I'm one of those things. So right now I am, uh, we've got two cases of the pop cases left at the distillery. And once it's gone, I'm gone for now. Um, no hard feelings with the Neely family. I love them to death. They're good people. I can't say enough about them. They've always treated me good. Um, 
we're actually getting a new distillery built here in my hometown. And Royce is trying to help me to get in touch with the guy that's building that distillery. Uh, and uh, will help me and encourage the guy to maybe take over and let me come in there and run the pop casing. Nice. And if, and if not, you know, I'll keep looking. Um, and, you know, if I can't, I can't. It's been a great run. You know, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Is the world going to end if I can't do it anymore? Probably not. I mean, it's going to suck, but, you know, I knew going into this, I wasn't going to get rich off of it. And, you know, I, I wasn't going to be the next Jack Daniels or the next Jim Beam. Um, <laughs> Willing to bet you made more than I did. <laughs> next question. Well, I mean, <laughs> actually, I, I have Jack yeah. Daniels and Jim Beam. You know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they sold a shit ton of liquor. So, mm -hmm. and they're, they're in every liquor store you walk into. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I'm. Like I said, I knew going into that I wasn't going to be there, but you know, I'm happy. I don't have any regrets. So to circle back to the jam, um, you want to tell us a story about getting your nipples pierced? <laughs> you little perplexed, Sean. Yeah. Huh? You didn't I don't know think I had I that one. This. You didn't you didn't know I had that one in the pocket, did you, Sean? I don't know anything about this, but I guess I'll uh, be glad to hear Sean it. Missed out. Sean missed out on this little misadventure of mine. We were down at the uh, tavern, and uh, this lady from the tattoo parlor was going around getting her breast signed. And uh, she was actually, her father owns the tattoo studio, and she's going to have these names tattooed onto her breast. So, you know, me, I'm all for it. And my wife's like, no, you're not. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, she's got everybody else signing them. And she's like, well, you're not everybody else and I'm here and I don't think you need to sign them. So as the night went on and the alcohol flowed more freely, she finally agreed. So I got to talking to the girl and uh, I was like, you know, I've got one of my nipples pierced, but the guy screwed it up. I said, do you think it's kind of at an angle? I said, do you think that if you did the other one, you could match the angle? And she's like, well, you know, we can try. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. So I cut a deal with her for a bottle of liquor and some cash. Oh, she gave you a bottle of liquor? No, I gave her a bottle of liquor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it should have been the other way around by the time it was over. Uh, so the next day, you know, Saturday, she gets all Just set up. Time, and of course, <laughs> I grabbed the whole bunch, you know, and I was like, we're going to go down here and get my nipples pierced. <laughs> so I'm sitting there talking to her, and she's getting everything ready, and I'm like, and she's trying to measure and do all this stuff and with a protractor stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I said, Let's take the one I've got out and we'll redo it. And then we'll do the other one. 
She's like, you realize this is the third time? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she said, you realize this is going to hurt? I'm like, well, you know, the first two times didn't really feel good. <laughs> and, uh, damn, she wasn't lying, man. She lit me up. And by the time she got done with one, I was hesitating on the second. And I'm like, yeah, you know, let's let's go ahead and do it. You know, why I mean, not? You only got so much surface area, right? Yeah. So next up, Jacob's ladder. Done. Oh no. <laughs> nope, ain't gonna be none of that shit. So we get them both done, and I'm not thinking i'm wearing bib overhauls and of course it's fucking 100 degrees you know where do the buckles on the overhauls land? <laughs> right on top of them so i walked around pulling them i think somebody's got pictures i had stuffed cups under my bibs at one point um cat had some uh, little copper bowls. I used them for a little while to cover my nipples. Uh, yeah, I was doing anything I could because I was just awesome. simply miserable. Great. And finally, um, the blunt queen come over <laughs> and had given Donnie some marijuana oil for his sunburnt legs. And I'm like, fuck it. You know, I'll try anything at yeah. this point. <laughs> so we put some put the marijuana oil on my nipples and uh i got some chick to do that which was kind of fun but uh she wasn't around when that happened i told her but for forgiveness and ask permission I guess she that. she knows how he is <laughs> yeah yeah she knows uh but but that definitely helped but i was still pretty sensitive all day oh, and the next day wasn't quite as bad but it was still pretty bad that damn jam will get you man yeah you know <laughs> I, I knew the next day was going to be bad so i started drinking heavy early uh what, what i didn't realize was about five o'clock when i went over to sit down with jb my wife showed me that I had emptied a fifth <laughs> and I had to send her to the car to get another one. Got to keep the party going. Man. You can't stop. Once you're at that yeah. level, you can't stop. So you could thank yeah, old Tom Crumb yeah. for that tidbit. Tom Crumb told yep. me to ask. <laughs> yep. yep. If you're going to drink all day, you got to start early. And you got to, you know, you once you get started, you got to keep it rolling until you, you can't just, stop, you're man. done. One's yeah. too many and a hundred's not enough. Yeah. And I never got, you know, wasted or anything. Mm -hmm. I had a good time and I got kind of friendly and tried to get arrested by the female cop down there, which is, she's pretty spoken hot, but you know, I think I uh, probably Juan, confessed to a couple. Juan, I'm sure yeah, we saw her this yes. last year. Yeah, I, I think I could test to a felony or two or <laughs> something like, you know, haze me, haze me. No shame in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, she, she's I already got that. Hook them up to my diodes. Look at my diodes. Hook them up. <laughs> yeah. I like tase me. So, 
So talk about that still that you got to run that in. Uh, was that just a, was there, was there a thumper? Was it uh, a worm we coil? Was it a shotgun? It's a 600 gallon copper Vendome. Mm -hmm. uh, piece of, you know, it's a piece of artwork. If you ask me, they're beautiful, mm -hmm. but we elected not to run it through the thumper the second time, the first time we did. And the second time we ran it in the big copper steam op, steam heated, uh, no chances of scorching anything beautiful. It's, I mean, it's the way to go. If you're going to go big, that's the way to go. And court. And then we ran through a copper coil running through a two inch copper worm. It's amazing how fast steam heats that shit up. Doesn't it? Those big pots. Yes. Yeah, but what's cool about it is how you can control it. I mean, you can back that valve down and get it, you know, damn near to a trickle just with running that steam, and still, you know, there's nothing to worry about. Uh, you know, and I, I think a big part of where our flavor profile came through was being able to distill on the grain the first time. Mm -hmm. yeah, would you say with that steam... On the flip side, just a, a tiny turn too much, and you could it could puke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to know what you're doing. It's, uh, I'm. I say I ran it, but I, I had Royce right beside of me pretty much the whole time, yeah. and he controlled the valve, and you know I made the cuts and this and that, but yeah. And it's amazing the difference in just when you can walk in and you push a button and it zooms up to a certain temperature to cook and, you know, and it holds it automatically with the big agitator and all you got to do is stand there and wait on it for 45 minutes and it automatically drops down to a cooler temperature, cools itself down so you can get your malted whatever in and stuff like that. And it's... I mean, if you're going to go big, spend the money and do it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'd imagine that it's definitely a different experience to jump into that as opposed to running at home, running in the woods. You know, you get in there and you're just like, I can imagine it could be a little intimidating at first, but then, you know, after a minute, you're just, it's just another still. Let's make liquor. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the science is basically the same. It's just the equipment's a whole lot nicer. Mm -hmm. And you know, and again, I can't say enough. You know, they let me operate million dollars worth of equipment, and yeah, you know, with no experience on running anything like that. And of course, like I said, they were right there with me, but still, you know, I would have to have a lot of trust in somebody to do it. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'd have to have a lot of a lot of trust in someone to run a 50 gallon. Yeah, Hell, yeah. let alone transport one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so talk about um, the still you run now a little bit or whatever you know you want to talk about. But uh, do you like well, paint? Well, go ahead. I bought a 40-gallon um, that I like real well. Bought it from, <clears throat> I think at the time it was hillbilly copper now it's thunder road copper uh guy did a, a wonderful job and it's a funny story 
I've got this 40 gallon still in the back of my car and I don't even think about it. I parked down Main Street in my hometown in front of the courthouse with this big ass still in the back seat, go in the courthouse and pay car taxes, come back out. And then I see the still sitting there. I'm like, boy, that was really fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just a, a 40 gallon copper pot and I love it. I've built some stuff to go with it that I play with once in a while. I built a, I call it a reflux plate that sits flat against the bottom of the cap. And it's just a copper plate with holes in it that creates a little bit of reflux action. And, uh, I took an old tea kettle that fit perfectly into the bottom of the cap about a half inch to create a seal and it hangs down about three inches and I drilled it full of holes and made a gin basket. Nice. So, um, and I played with it a little bit. I ran some, uh, granny Smith apples in it one time, uh, and picked up a real nice slut. You could just barely catch the flavor profile of those apples, uh, on the final end. So, you know, it was one of them things I was bored and I was like, eh, gin basket. So Anybody can do that. I was watching a TikTok the other day and there was this copper pot on there. And this guy was talking about two things. He was talking, one, about how much paste to use. And two, uh, <laughs> he, he's got these little hooks on the outside of it all the way around. I'm not going to say who it is, but if you know what I'm talking about, speak on it a little bit. I have had some bad experiences. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was years ago. I ran, I ran out in my driveway. I had an old RV that I pulled crossways in front of my shop and I set up the still right there in the driveway. I didn't block it. So, so lo and behold, one night the wife comes out and decides she's going to hang out with me. And I'm farting around with the steel, and I can't get the burner. The burner's not acting right. I just so happened to look around, and I had gotten the gas hose too close to the burner. So the hose was on fire. <laughs> Leading to the gas tank. I'm thinking, as long as it's blowing pressure out, it's probably going to be okay. When I go to dialing that pressure in, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I know <laughs> I can't just leave it burn. So I told her, I said, you might want to go over to the other side of the RV. And of course, she looks at it, and she's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, don't freak out. I said, you know, I'm not, we're not going to kill anybody tonight, I hope. <laughs> and we got through that, okay. A couple of years later, middle of winter, I'm going to run the manifold, get everything set up. This still don't leak. It has never leaked. It's got a tight cap that I built with a rubber or a food grade silicone gasket. Never leaks. Clamps that baby down. We're doing good. It starts leaking. I'm like, hmm something's not right here. So I tighten it down a little bit more and it's still leaking. I'm like, what the hell's going on? 
And for whatever reason, I put my hand up on the arm and arm scalded. I'm like, well, it's trying, it's running. And I run my hand over to the worm and the worm's like ice. And oh. it's because the worm was full of ice. <laughs> it froze solid. No shit. So I come, yeah, I come real close to blowing it up. Damn. Wow. So when I got when I got the new one, I thought, homie's not gonna play this shit. Yeah. It's got a pressure, it's got a pressure relief valve that I put on the back of it. It's got a vacuum relief valve that I put on it. It's also got three copper hooks that I put on it to keep the cap from jumping up at all. So, so, so it can't move at all. So yeah. is is it a so it's a paste cap and you got some hooks on there and you use that to, yeah. to tie into and hold it down. Whereas you know, like some people they throw a brick on there, you know, you you're like hell yeah. nah, this thing ain't never yeah I'm not never popping off here. So. It's tie down hooks it's tie down hooks yeah so, tie down hooks yeah. Nice. So, you know, I'm not going to have that issue. Like, I've seen people run chains over them, mm-hmm. hit X's yeah. and do things like that. Well, I imagine that beats the hell out of your pot. So that's a good idea, yeah, you know? I just, I'm just, like, just like an you know, old screen door. I, yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't want to take any chances. You know, this is too big for me to be farting around with the blow up. Oh, yeah. Like, and then Sean was talking about the paste. For a long time, I was the same way. I'd take a half a cup of flour and I'd mix up this god awful enough dough to make a half a dozen biscuits. And that's what it looked like was a pizza dough rolled up around this damn thing. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I really don't need all this. So I finally convinced myself, you know, I, I mix up a couple of teaspoons of flour and water and I go around it and I just kind of put a little downward pressure and I go all the way around it. By the time I get done, I may have an eighth of an inch seam of paste. You're talking about just and, pressing it into the gap as you go yeah, around. Yeah, just pressing it in. And once you learn your steel, you're going to know if you've got leaks in the cap, mm-hmm. where to look for them. Um, I didn't tell Kevin which way I was going to set the steel. So he built it to face one way. I turned it the other way, which screwed everything up. So the seams don't line up the way that the steel was built for them to line up. So I've got a little, just a very <laughs> tiny gap on one side where the seams at. So I use the paste, you know, I put a little extra in there and it's good. So I think I had made a comment, you know, you, you don't have to roll biscuits or something and put around the top of your steel, you know, a little dab will do you or something. Just enough to and fill Sean up the track. Cut on. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there that, um, are, tape works, Jay. are afraid to run a pace still. You know, when I first started, I was ignorant. I didn't really have anybody teach me. So I tried to do, you know, the surface. Well, what I thought at the time was the safest way possible. Just get something with, you know, gaskets and clamps. Yep. Now, had there been something plugged up that those clamps would also cause an explosion, mm-hmm. the cap wouldn't blow yep. off. Yep. Kind of like a fail safe can be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And, you know, there is so little pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got enough pressure to set off that relief valve, you done fuck something up. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Some, something, something's wrong. <laughs> but, well, you know, I, right here, man, like I said, I almost blew one up my damn self. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you can have a little common sense. You know, I, I grab the worm and I blow through it down. And mm-hmm. make sure, you know, it's not stopped up. You know, yeah. Look in the cap. Make sure there's nothing got up in the damn arm or something. Right. I always, Just, I, like, I run water through my yeah. worm. I rinse it out beforehand for yeah. that, you know, same reason. Make sure I ain't get a spider live, move up in there and make a nest or, you know, something. Just anything. Mm-hmm. So make well, sure it's good and clear. A lot of and people it, will just tape their stuff. Okay, talking about yeah. taping the ends when they're done. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a nice tidbit. Now, yeah, you know, it's uh, a good good idea. I uh, always rinse everything when I'm done, and mm-hmm. that's how I froze that worm. Oh, okay, is I didn't so get like, all the water out of it. I'm, I I grabbed the I grabbed the worm. I blow on the end. Yeah. yeah, you do. Exactly. Do. You're right. It's yep. like you swallow. You know? <laughs> or, or take the air compressor and force some air through it and get all that water mm. out of there. You know, should have led with that. Just saying. <laughs> hey, I've led with what I wanted to lead with, Sean. All right. <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. So, do uh, you go ahead? You good? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what kind of yeast are you? Are you? Parcel two, or do you? Do you, you know, like I news? have I have tried several different types of dainty yeast, and mm-hmm. I didn't have a whole lot of luck with it. I love the flavor profile and the stuff that I get from the Fleischmanns, regular old dry mm-hmm. baker's yep. yeast. Now, I did try and was successful in capturing wild yeast inside an old distillery building here in my hometown. Unfortunately, I had things timed wrong, and I didn't have a mash ready. (laughs) By the time I could get the mash ready, I wound up killing off the damn yeast. But I plan on trying that again just to see, you know, what the difference in taste or something would be and basically to say that I did it. And, you know, this whiskey was made from the yeast from the old air distillery, yep. which closed in 1974. It adds to the story, you know, adds mm-hmm. to that mystique of that yeah. jar. <laughs> exactly. And, I, and I, I, there are actually four prevalent distilleries in Harrison County uh, back in the day. And if I can pull it off from one, then I may try to go around to the spots where the others were and play around some. I don't know. Hell yeah. I know uh, Royce is into that yeast shit. Him and uh, Alan <laughs> is the two mm-hmm. that got me into it. In talking to them, I thought, you know, I'm going to go out and you know, I'm going to try this and see if it works. And sure enough, you know, I was able to do it. And like I said, unfortunately, I didn't get to run it, but it was a pretty neat experience just doing it. Hell yeah. So are you um, a sugar kind of guy? Do you like to sugar your liquor or your mash, or do you convert the grains, or do you do a partial? Both. 
<laughs> I don't like to use a lot of sugar. A lot of the recipes and people will tell you, oh, I use at least two pounds of sugar per pound of corn. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm. That's way too much sugar. Um, I try to stay a pound or below per pound yeah. of corn or grain. That's fair. And the rest of it, I try to get through conversion. Do um, you ever use corn yeah. syrup? No, I have not. Okay. I've heard people doing it. Um, the pop cases is actually closer to three quarters of a pound okay. of sugar. But yes. that's just because of the computerized equipment and the ability to get that full conversion mm -hmm. with that equipment doing the cooking of the greens. Yeah. And, and you pick up some from the molasses. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You yeah pick some sure. sugars up from that. So, yeah, so anything you put in there, you know, you go, you conversion, any, any type of, like you said, molasses, any of that stuff. It's just adding, adding sugar, adding fuel for that yeast, man. It's, yep. So, what would you say your favorite grain is in this? If you had to run that grain by itself, would say sugar? It, it'd be the corn, I guess. Now, was that's it? such an that's such an intricate mix there that it would be hard to run any one grain alone. I think. I mean, people do. I mean, they you know people will run a, a wheat, but you know there's so many different things mixed up in that one that. You know, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't even think about trying to run alone. You know, the more I drank this, the more I like this uh, better than that Sugarland shit I made. Well, you know, it's Sugarland. I had a hand in it, though, just about like you did. Well, yeah, and you know, and I missed and raised hell as much as I possibly could to get you in there to get that done. Uh I don't think I had a hand in it, but I tried to raise as much hell as I could about it. And I was glad that, you know, I was proud of you for when they finally stood up that you actually went down and did it. Yeah. And, you know, it means something when you get, when you put your name on something that you've done, you know, I was afraid that they were going to try to pull some bullshit and then say, here's your run. We're going to put your name on it. Yeah. See, that's, that was, uh, me and Daryl, you know, talked about that, and that was our thing. We're like, look, you know, we we want to make sure that we're able to, you know, put a hand in it, and that's, you know, yeah, easy. Easy took a video the other day of, you know, proof that, you know, I do work every now and then, and he said the only person that has proof is Greg at Sugarland, and, and me. wasn't, yeah, <laughs> and you, and I ain't worked that hard in a long time. You know that's that, that's a lot of damn grain put in oh, it, man. Well, it know. was it was worth it though, wasn't it? Every bag, every every kernel you put in there, it was all worth it. Knowing it was getting made, yeah. Now I'll tell you how hard I work is I pushed a button that said start, and when I got to the correct poundage of, of corn, I pressed stop. <laughs> and then I pressed another button that said start that fed it over to the grinder mm. <laughs> that fed yeah. it into 
that said it then be a conveyor over into the cooker. Now I did hand grind the nine grain mix because we were afraid it would get lost in the grinder there. Mm -hmm. So I did it here at home on my small grinder. So there was a little bit of work involved with that. But then, you know, other than that, I got, uh, I watched one of the uh, shop hands open 50 pound bags of sugar and pour them in for me. And (laughs) I let my son, I let my son pour the five gallon of molasses in. So I didn't have to lift that. It was pretty, it was a pretty hard day. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it It was rewarding though. So do you have a favorite type of corn, like a yellow corn, a white corn, a blue, a red that you like to use? Now, I always just use a plain yellow corn. Now, I did get my hands on 50 pounds of Bloody Butcher last uh, fall. That was, it made some pretty amazing liquor. I didn't run the nine grain with it. I just run it as a corn and sugar, and it was good. It was damn good. So I wouldn't mind trying that again. Well, nothing stopping you but air and opportunity, my friend. Well, yeah, it's just a matter of getting the grain and, you know, getting it done. So so. so what's your favorite liquor you've ever made? I'm going to pop cases. Okay. Nice. I love it. I can drink it like Kool-Aid. <laughs> it don't it, it kicks me in the ass a lot harder than a glass of Kool-Aid, but <laughs> just a little. I, I I take that in some lemonade band and go all day long. Hell yeah. Pop Casey. So That's what, what I mixed you... up and... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I, no, I was gonna I say, was say so that's what I go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Nope. The lemonade's what I got on down here at the, the valley. And I tell you something else that's really good with that is uh we bought a slushy machine mm-hmm. and you make a blackberry slushy and throw a double shot of pop cases on top of that blackberry slushy. Hmm. And by the time you get to the bottom of the slushy, man, you've got something. It's good. <laughs> Hell yeah. So where did the nine grain come from? Is that something that you just never really heard of and you've been wanting to try it or and how did you how did you come about the, the grain that you did? I was someplace and I got to looking at this mix. And I thought, this looks like stuff that would ferment (laughs) and make something. So I'm going to try it and just see what it does. So for a long time, I just did the basic corn, a little sugar, and a quarter molasses on a 50-gallon run. But then I'm like, I'm going to try this. And, you know, first time I did it, I was like, you know, the mash comes out and you get that same taste. It's like an oatmeal cookie in the mash. And I'm like, this is it. You know, 
I stumbled upon it by accident. That makes the best liquor. Error. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's cool as shit. So do you have any plans working or to work with another distillery down the road? I mean, other than the one that you just talked about or? I'm really hoping I would love to work with the distillery in my hometown. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm really hoping we can do something with this, uh, with this new place that's opened up. It's actual barrel house. Um, just is the name of it and they've got a distillery in lexington a small one but this one's going to be a pretty good sized distillery from the looks of things and i think i can bring something to them being from the area that will help them Mm -hmm. Uh, i've had numerous people approach me about opening a small craft distillery and I just, I don't have the funds uh, that I could, that I could take a chance on it, making it, you know, this guy's got the funds. He's already got the established business. He's got an established brand out there. He's just expanding. So that makes a big difference. Oh, for sure. Well, and you know, a lot of these places, you know, they will source in bourbon you know, to get them going. Um, and like, yeah. And, and also same thing with like, uh, their flavors and then they'll just use Mm -hmm. still that they have to make like, you know, things like this, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know, with that being said, have, you know, have you messed around with any aging or have you put any of this in the barrel or anything like that? I've not put it in a barrel. I put it on chips for, I've got some right now that sit on chips for about a year and a half. And I cut it down to like 90 proof and man, it's liquid gold. It's good. It's real good. Well, sounds to me like you should put some more on chips. Well, sounds, yeah, sounds like and, you, need, you need to fill a barrel <laughs> or a barrel. Yeah, you need to fill well, a barrel. We, I've got a thirty-gallon barrel that uh, um, we acquired uh, one day when we was over at Neely's. My wife just had to have one of the little barrels, and uh, Royce was kind enough to give it to me rather than charge me for it. And she did exactly with it what I thought she would, and that was. Nice put it in my shop for me to stumble over and it's been sitting there. So uh, I've been, I mean, it takes a lot of runs on a 40 gallon still to fill a 30 gallon barrel, but you know, it might be worth it at some point. So tell everybody, um, there some, I'm assuming most of these people watching, um, know why you wanted a 40 gallon rather than a 50 gallon but there's probably some people that don't know. And so if you would just explain why. Cause it's cheaper. <laughs> That's not the <laughs> answer I was expecting. <laughs> I, well, everything that I had set up with my mash barrel and everything was once I'm mashed in, I've got like 45 gallon of liquid. And I thought, 
forty gallon still would be perfect. It's a true and one as barrel it turns still. out, yeah. And as it turns out, it was a couple hundred dollars cheaper to have the four hundred mm. versus the forty versus the uh, fifty. And um, Gordon gave me a great deal when I told him I wanted a forty. He jumped all over it, and I couldn't say no to the price, and so I just stuck with it. You know, and you know, everybody you talk to has got a fifty. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody got a forty. You know, I got to be the oddball. Well, if you're running one barrel at a time, you know, you can't go with a better size because a fifty you have to ferment too. Yeah, or one and a half, or whatever. You know what I mean? But that's, I mean, that's a true one barrel still. Exactly. It worked. The size of it was perfect for what I wanted to do, and. So we just worked that. That's that's what we did. I had room for it, and it was just a good size for me. So, do you run gas or do you run electric? I run gas. I thought about. I'm somewhat in the woods. I've got a shack in the woods. And I've got power, but not enough to run uh, an element, uh, especially on a 50-gallon. So I'm running a a burner. Uh, I put a skirt around my burner, and I've got a steel plate over top of the burner that has holes in it. Was this after you took the skirt off, or...? No, no, the skirt's still on there. I meant you. You took the the, skirt off you and put it on there. (laughs) Well, I've got a kilt that I wear once in a while, but normally when, you know, especially if it's hot, I'm up there naked. (laughs) With those rings out. (laughs) Yep. You know, you got to wash, they get a little warm. Uh, No, but I put a metal skirt around it to hold the heat in. And Mm -hmm. it cut my... uh, it cut my heat up time by probably an hour. Really? And it, yeah, and it helped help with the fuel consumption. I've laid off playing around and building a boiler mm-hmm. and running steam. I'm just not sure that I want to. Part of me wants to do it, and part of me says, "Don't fuck with it. Can you kill yourself?" <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one of them things, you know. Yeah, it, it sounds great. It sounds like a great idea. But if you fuck up, yeah, it's it's going to hurt, or you ain't going to yeah. feel shit. Well, I would say, you know, like if yeah. I, I'm leave I'm gonna leave steam to the people that got millions of dollars and can have it installed properly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like not saying that you exactly. know I'm not I'm not down to make me a sketchy ass steam setup and run it. I'm all for that shit. Let's get it. But, you know, at the end of the day, just give me a propane burner, man. We're going to make liquors. So. Yeah, for a solid 25 yeah. bucks or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's worth it. You should have, Sean. You're all elements yeah. now. You're allowed to talk on propane. The only time you use propane is when you burn your hand on the bottom of kegs. Man, if it wasn't yeah. fucking red hot, I wouldn't have grabbed it. <laughs> yeah. That's a you story got one for a general. 
He's got the General Electric still up there, so yeah, he does. He doesn't went over to the dark side, but anyways, we've had everybody out here long enough. Uh, Pappy G, man, I appreciate you giving us your time, your stories, your knowledge. It was definitely a great time. I can't wait. I'm sure I'll see you in Beattyville if you're there this year. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll be there, hopefully. But <laughs> anyway, so anyway, like I said, it was an honor and a pleasure to have you, man. Uh, thank you so much for giving us your Monday night. Yes, I really sir. enjoyed I appreciate you guys TV. having me on. No, anytime, man. If you ever do get another label, to, with another distillery let me know man and we'll get you back on here and we'll, hell yeah we'll advertise we'll about it. it yeah yeah shit let us know when it's coming out man we make a drive you know mm-hmm. i'm always down for jar yeah. releases you know so as long as i can drive yeah. there if i gotta fly there then you gotta mail me a jar because i'm not going so yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't blame you don't blame me at all but anyways we hope everybody has a great night thanks for tuning in um sean did you want to talk about the thing that's going on at neely with your dad real quick Huh? Huh? All right, I guess not, you know. <laughs> well, I'm trying to make that another show. Okay, okay. Well, we'll get to that later on. So, anyways, thanks, everybody, for listening. Check us out. Apple Podcasts, we're there. Um, rewatch us on YouTube. We'll be here. So. Spotify. Yeah. Everybody have a great night. Pappy G, have a great night, brother. I appreciate you being here. Yeah. Roll, roll Tide. Roll Tide. I'm, I'm, I'm Tide yeah. fan. Roll Tide. So, y'all have a great yeah. night, man. We love all y'all. Shut right. on. See you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>